supun ababa book of Psalms chapter 78 I mean 77 Psalm 77 I read from verse 8 to verse 15 Psalm 77 from verse 8 to verse 15 Psalm 77, verse 8, I read, Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Had God forgotten to be gracious? Had he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, This is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely, I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary, who is so great a God as our God. Thou art the God that dwells wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Verse 15. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob, and Joseph. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want to continue our discussion today on the promises of God. And uh, when we started looking at this topic, we defined what a promise is. And we said we are going to look at the attributes of the promise before we start looking at individual promises. And so far, we have looked at five attributes of the promise of God. The first attribute we looked at is the fact that His promises are unto all. Everyone, the father, the mother, the sons and daughters, the promises are unto all for everyone. The second thing we looked at is that the promise is a word. A word. In other words, the promise we are talking about is found where? In the word of God. I would say he honors his word. He does not toy with his word. Very important. Number three, we said the promise is in him. And when we say the promise is in him, who is he? Jesus. Every promise of God is in Jesus. Because the Bible says, in him dwells all. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And one translation says, everything that God is was fulfilled in man. In who? In Christ Jesus. Then last week, we, we, we looked at the point that says, how do we obtain the promise? Still looking at the attributes. We say we obtain the promise by faith, by patience, by endurance. And holding on to that promise without any reservation. Being persuaded that what the Lord has promised, he will do. And I have a word for someone here today. What he has promised, he will do. Amen. You will experience his promise in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the fifth thing we looked at last Sunday is the fact that the promise of God is holy. The promise of God is what? It's holy. And that's very important. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the Bible says what? God forbid. The promise of God is holy. So if you are going to hold on to God for the fulfillment of his promise, you must live in what? In holiness. 
in holiness. He will not compromise on his expectation of holiness. And so we look at the sixth attribute of the promise of God today. And that is the fact that his promises never fail. His promises do what? They never fail. And that's very important. It's something we must never forget. You see, the passage we read in verse, uh, verse, is it verse 7 or verse 8? Verse 8. He said, is his mercy clean gone forever? What's the answer to that? What's the answer to that question? Is his mercy clean gone forever? The answer is no. Then he says, does his promise fail forevermore? What's the answer? The answer is no. Has God forgotten to be gracious? What's the answer? It's no. He has not forgotten. Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Of course, we know the answer. The answer is no. His promises never fail. And we must not forget our brethren. There will be, there will be challenges. There will be trials. There will be occasions that we, we think, oh, we have been forgotten. There will be times we think no other person has problems in the world but us. But even in that situation, remember that his promises do what? They never fail. If he has given you a promise, like we discussed at the first service, it shall what? It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass so long as it is the word of God. But then the psalmist said some things that I want us to take note of. Number one, while you wait for the promise of God, you must remember. You must do what? The psalmist said, I will remember. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. In other words, I will remember the years that the hand of God has prevailed for me. I will remember the years that the hand of God has prevailed on my behalf. I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. The Bible says the right hand of God, of God read what? Valiantly. It's a hand of victory. And you will receive your victory today in Jesus' name. It says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. But brethren, the wonders of old are still being repeated. That is the assurance that you have as a child of God that I can go to my place of work even though I'm a nurse, even though I'm a PSW, I can go to my place of work and I know that I will come back without COVID-19. Is that not so? That is the assurance that you can go to your place of work without fear. Without fear. Knowing fully well that there is nothing to be afraid of. Remember what he did. You know, when the angel of God came to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, O thou mighty man of valor. In Gideon, I mean, I say Gideon, in Judges chapter 6, Gideon made a statement. He said, Where are the wonders of old? In other words, we heard of the wonderful things God did to our forefathers. Where are they? By the time God had finished with Gideon, did he experience those wonders or not? He did. And I speak to somebody's life here today, you will experience his wonders. I said you will experience his wonders. So while you remember that his promises never fail, remember the years of his right hand. And remember the works of the Lord. That is one. 
Another thing is, the psalmist said in verse 12 of that passage, he said, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy dreams. So the, other, the next thing you have to do is do what? Meditate. I want to say meditate. Meditate on what? Meditate on the word of God. Like he told uh, Joshua, thou shalt meditate upon it. How often? Day and night. In Jesus chapter 1 verse 8, he said that you may have good success make, and make your way prosperous. This book of the Lord shall not depart from where? From your mouth. Very important. I will meditate. Whenever it looks as if my faith is being shaken, whenever it looks as if I'm making no progress, whenever it looks as if the devil wants to have the, the upper hand, he said, number one, I will remember the works of God. I will remember the works of his, of his right hand. I will remember the mighty works of old. And then number two, I will do what? I will meditate. I will meditate on his word. Because brethren, his word cannot fail. Do we know that? His word cannot fail. His word must come to pass. His word must be fulfilled. There are times that it looks as if you've gotten to the last bus stop. There's no way forward again. But brethren, God will come through. I said, God will come true. Yeah. At such times that you think all is lost. I've shared with us in this church, the, the, I mean, about the time I passed my professional exams when I was in Nigeria, my professional accounting examination, I had given up all hope. I did the exam, and from my performance in the first paper, I knew that there was no way I, I could pass that exam. But there were four papers. I did all of them. But the first paper demoralized me. So once I finished the exam, I was not looking forward to the result. I mean, I, I had a good job. I was being paid very well. In fact, when I was employed, my boss told me that, well, we don't need that qualification for the assignment you have for you here. And I, I, was, I was doing very well. I don't know how else to qualify it. I was making very good money in the Nigeria of those days. Yes, very good money. <laughs> I was earning over a million naira. Then, that was, I left Nigeria in 2000. So, I, that was, we are talking about 1995. And that's a lot of money. It's not the naira of today. So, I did the exam. Then my boss said I didn't need it, I didn't need it. And if I failed, that was the end of it. But God was still on the throne. Because, brethren, if I had not passed that exam, I wouldn't be in Canada today. Yes, I wouldn't be here today. And so when the results came, I didn't even know. When you, are, you know you have failed, were you interested in the result? No. But somebody called me. I was working in Portacord. Somebody called me from Lagos. Those of us that know Nigeria. And said, ah, Ogafolani. That's what the, the guy used to call me. You don't, you don't, want, to share, you don't want to share with you. I said, share what? What am I sharing with you? I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, and the, the, when the results are out, it's public. <laughs> it's not like you go and check on one computer that has password. They put it on a notice board. So everybody knows those who pay, those who pass. I mean, those who pass. If your name is there, you pass. Your name is not there, you failed. <laughs> so this brother went there, saw my name, and called me to congratulate me. He was the one that made me to know that I passed. 
Remember the wonders of old when you think everything is gone. When you think all is lost. Brethren, angels still write examinations. I hope you realize that. Either you believe it or not. It wasn't what I wrote that made me to pass that exam. I'm telling you. But I passed and nobody can take my certificate from me. <laughs> Amen. God is still on the throne. When you think the world is against you, remember the wonders of old. Remember the work of his right hand. His word is yea and amen, and his word will come to pass. He said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Shall not pass away. Very important. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 to 8, the Bible says, the grass withereth, the flower faded, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, Surely the people is grass. But then it goes on to in verse 8. To say that the grass withered, the flower faded. But the word of our God shall do what? Just stand for how long? Forever. Forever. His word has never failed. His word cannot fail in your own time. That's why the Bible says division is what? It's for an appointed time. It says though it tarry, do what? Wait. Wait for it. It shall come true. The vision will come true for you in Jesus' name. Amen. I said the vision will come true for you in Jesus' name. Amen. The promise of God never fails. When God told Abraham, actually his name was not yet Abraham, it was Abraham then, that your descendants will be slaves in a foreign land for 400 years, and after that I will bring them out. 400 years came in Egypt and, and, and went. And the descendants of Abraham were slaves in Egypt. Hard work, rigor. And the Bible says they sighed because of their taskmasters. They saw no way forward again. But one day, tell somebody one day, God came true for them. He will come true for you today in Jesus' name. The Bible says when it was 430 years that they had been in that land, they left Egypt. And I speak to somebody's life here today. You are living Egypt. Amen. Whatever stands for Egypt in your life, you are living Egypt in Jesus' name. Amen. The seventh point, remember I'm taking it from when we started. So the seventh attribute of the promise is that his promises are for a time. I remember we've defined the fact that our God is a God that is not limited by time. Because when we are talking about God, we are talking about someone who is eternal, who is everlasting. He created time, but it's not governed by time. Isn't that wonderful? That's why he can change time. That's why the Bible says, times and seasons are in his hands. His promises are for what? For a time. There is a time of performance. And somebody's time has come. And then somebody's time has come. In Acts chapter 7 verse 17, Acts chapter 7, the Bible says, but when the time of promise drew nigh, this was uh, uh, Stephen when he was talking to the Sahindrin, when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. The time of your promise has come. I said the time of your promise has come. God will begin to fulfill the impossible for you in Jesus' name. That's why I love that passage in Psalm 1, 2, verse 13. 
is his passage we also refer to in the first service. Say, Thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yeah, the what? The set time. The set time is what? Is come. The promise of God is for a time, a time of performance. And when the time comes, nobody can stop you. When the time comes, nobody can stop the fulfillment of that which the Lord has promised. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, to everything that is what? There's a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. If God has spoken, brethren, it shall come to pass. Receive your promise in Jesus' name. Receive that word of promise in Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. He said, he had made everything beautiful. In what? In his time. In his time. And brethren, coronavirus cannot stop his time. Do you realize that? If God says, I'm giving it to you in June, let corona come. Let, uh, 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 what else, what other name is there? Let COVID, even if it's Antonia, whatever name they want to call it. Let them bring all of them together. When God has given you a promise, can anybody stop it? Nobody. In fact, all those names will make the promise of God to do what? To shine through. You know, when there's darkness, and then you come with light, the fact that there is darkness makes your light to do what? To radiate brighter, to be noticed. Whatever God, promise God has given unto you, the promise for the month of June, how many days do we have left in this month? Today is 21. So we have 10 more days. No. Nine. Within the remaining nine days, God can still do it. If I can do it gloriously. You just have to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. Because the Bible says he has made all things beautiful in his time. Not in your time. But his own time. You know, the Bible says, who has spoken? And it has come to pass. Except who? The Lord of hosts. He's the one that fights battles. Battles that you are not even aware of. He's the one that can speak. And it comes to pass. It shall come to pass for you in Jesus' name. It shall come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. The eighth point you want to take note of is the Holy Spirit. Is the spirit of promise. Isn't that wonderful? In our current world, in our dispensation today, nothing happens, nothing can happen, but by who? By the Holy Spirit. He makes this happen for the child of God. He is the spirit of promise. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, He said, In whom you also have trusted, after you had the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In other words, there is a seal upon your life to ensure that the promise comes to pass. There is a seal upon your life to ensure that there is a divine performance. There is a seal upon your life to ensure that you will have a testimony. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of promise. He made the impossible to become possible in the life of Mary. He will make the impossible possible in your life in Jesus' name. We know the story. 
in Luke chapter 1, from verse 34 to verse 38, the angel brought a promise to Mary that was impossible. You are going to have a child. You will call his name Jesus and all that. I said, I'm not married yet. How can I have a child? What you are telling me is simply what? Impossible. And so she said, how shall this be? Seeing I know no man. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, and brethren, what the angel said unto her, he said unto you today. He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Say, therefore, the Holy One that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How is this possible? It's only possible because of the Holy Spirit. How will God bring to pass what he has promised to do in your life? The only way he can bring it to pass is because of who? The Holy Spirit. How is it possible that I'm going to have a child in the year 2021 when I don't even have a husband today? It's not like if I'm preparing for my wedding. Nobody has even come to me and said, Sister, what is your name? And yet, I believe God has spoken to me that I will have a child in 2021. Go and be preparing for your wedding. Somebody is not saying amen. amen. At least those who are married, you are not afraid now. I say, go and be preparing for your wedding. I'm talking to someone. Say amen for them. Amen. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Beyond that, go and be preparing for the naming. I want a better amen. amen. Because if God has spoken, it shall come to pass. That is it. How can it be? The last time I saw my period was 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I don't even know what they call ovulation again. And you are saying I will have a child next year. But God has spoken. Has he not spoken? He has spoken and it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass in Jesus' name. God will give us a glorious testimony in Jesus' name. It was the Holy Spirit, the spirit of promise, that made the ministry of Jesus possible. Without the Holy Spirit, there was no ministry for Jesus. Is that not so? He was an ordinary carpenter for 33 years. Oh no, for 30 years. Until one day, tell somebody one day. One day, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says he came to the river Jordan. He was baptized like every other person was baptized. But then his baptism was a difference. Because when he came out of that water, the heavens were opened. The heavens will be opened for you today in Jesus' name. I said, the heavens will be opened up to you today in Jesus' name. His heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. When that baptism began for Jesus, it was like every other person that John the Baptist had baptized. But God had a purpose for him. The heavens were opened. A voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God will be pleased with you. I said, God will be pleased with you. Yeah. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of divine performance. Divine performance. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some may count slackness, but is long suffering to us all, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. 
to repent them. It's not slack. It's not like, oh, yesterday was a serious day, today is an unserious day. No! God, tell somebody God is a serious God. And He's serious with me. What does that mean? It means whatever promise He has given unto me, He will speedily bring it to pass. There shall be a divine performance in Jesus' name. Finally, talking about the attributes of, of God's promise, the promise of God is precious. Is what? Precious. Precious, whatever way you want to call it. The promise of God is precious. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and what? Precious promises. They are not to be, they are not to be, uh, to be toyed with. Precious promises. You know that the Bible says, he that touches you does what? Why? Because you are precious unto him. The eyes are precious unto him. He will not allow anybody to touch the apple of his eyes. His promises are precious. Because they are meant to enable you to be a partaker of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. The attributes of the promise. And that's what I want us to take note of today. When we continue this next, next time, we are going to start looking at some of these promises that God has given unto us. But they are governed by the principles that we have enumerated. There is no promise that we say, this one is not for me. No. Remember where we started? The promises are for who? Are for who? For all. For you and I. And these promises are rooted in his word. I cannot overemphasize that. I'm not saying you should believe in somebody's testimony. But believe in the word of God. Because that's what you're going to present unto him. This is your word. And the Bible says he honors his word more than what? Aha. Uh -huh. And the word is, the, is there in the Bible. They are precious to, the promises are precious to him. The promise is holy. The promise never fails. 